Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Today, we're talking to B.J. Johnson, co-founder and CEO of Clear Flame Engine Technologies. B.J., let's start there. Give our listeners an overview of who Clear Flame Engine Technologies is. Yeah, so we're an engine technology provider that developed a way to get the diesel engine to completely run on a decarbonized liquid fuel, something like ethanol. So what our solution allows is to maintain all of the performance and fuel economy and torque and and practicality of the diesel engine design, but without the need for any diesel fuel and replacing it with 100% renewable ethanol, which not only lowers your fuel costs, but also drastically lowers your emissions, both criteria pollutants like smog and soot and also uh, carbon dioxide. A lot of potential benefits there. How far along are you in all of this? Yeah, so we initially developed the technology uh, while we were grad students at Stanford University in California. We moved to the Midwest in 2017 where we did a demonstration on a Caterpillar R&D engine at Argonne National Lab in the Chicago area. And we recently completed our first round of testing on a Cummins X-15 engine, uh, replicating the entire operating map of that engine uh, without the need for any diesel fuel, as I mentioned. So. Still some technology development work to be done, but we've already succeeded in validating our solution on a commercial engine platform, and now we're starting the process of transitioning that to a field or on-road demonstration. What's that process going to look like as far as a a time frame and how exhaustive it needs to be before you can can really kind of jump even further into the commercialization process? Yeah, great question. And, you know, obviously those two things are, are coupled. A little bit, um, you know, the the type of, of of demonstration will determine how much preparation is required, and then how much validation that that pr- proves towards the commercialization effort. Um, one of the things we've been asking ourselves right now is is what exact demonstration would make the most sense here. You know, we have a technology that can be used anywhere a diesel engine is used today. So that's obviously not just freight trucks and, and farm tractors, but also things like irrigation pumps. Um, I think one of the things I'm personally excited about is showing that we can put a range extender on an electric vehicle. So one of the things I would like to do is take an electric vehicle chassis, put one of our clear frame enabled generators essentially on it, and allow a small electric range with combined with the ability to drive all the way across the country, fueling up on ethanol as you go and not having to wait for the expansion of, of electric recharging infrastructure. I think that's a, a pretty easy demo for us to do, but also a, a really compelling one based on how much urgency there is around improving air quality and mitigating carbon. An interesting dynamic to what you just said. Um, obviously, working with um, agriculture, ag businesses, working with farmers, working with commodity groups, uh, ethanol is a huge end user for corn. and there are questions about with electric vehicles uh, populating roadways more and more. You know, what is that going to mean for um, for diesel, for gasoline, for ethanol? And uh, when you think about the potential here on the diesel side to use uh, fuel that 
is derived from corn, as an example, how much could that kind of work into the to the demand picture to that piece of the puzzle, BJ? Yeah, I mean the the demand potential here is is absolutely massive, and and I understand the initial impulse to say, okay, is everything going to be electric soon? What does that mean for for liquid fuels like ethanol? Um, you know, we are going to see electric in places like passenger cars, um, but it's going to be harder in off-road equipment and in freight trucks and in many of the diesel engine applications. And I think you know the thing I would I would stress for everyone to to think about more is you know the goal here is not necessarily electrify everything as quickly as possible, even though that is certainly a good goal. Um, really what we're trying to do is mitigate carbon as quickly as possible. That's, that's what's driving the push towards electrification. And when you look at that and you look at the fact that the United States already produces 15 billion gallons of a fuel, ethanol, that offers you a 40% CO2 reduction relative to using petroleum diesel, um, you know, and, and by the way, that's, that's a 40% reduction that's greater than the benefit you use from, example, a current electrical grid. If you can leverage those carbon benefits, if anything, I think this decarbonization movement is a massive opportunity for ethanol to lead and show that it can complement electrification in those applications that still need liquid fuels. So, you know, the metric I always throw out there is, just, you know, if you converted 20% of U.S. on-road diesel trucks to use a fuel like ethanol instead, you know, you're getting that 40% carbon reduction and you're doubling your current demand for ethanol. So the demand is, is absolutely limitless almost and, and the potential for rapid carbon mitigation is also unmatched by another solution out there. Because then there would be such a natural synergy with groups like the National Corn Growers Association or even at the state level. I know uh, I, I was put in touch with you through the Minnesota Corn Growers. Are we seeing some of those partnerships take taking form? Yeah, absolutely. So Minnesota Corn was uh, the first group out of the corn grower community to support Clearflame in our efforts, uh, leading towards a demonstration uh, for an off-road engine application been talking to a lot of the other corn growers at both the state and national level. They really have been our biggest champions. You know, obviously the ability to create new markets for ethanol and, and corn is certainly important, but also the, the sense of, of stewardship of, of this earth that, you know, we get from farmers all across the country, you know, maximizing use of ethanol and improving what we can do with a sustainable homegrown fuel is, I think, a big part of the agriculture mission as well. And so, very obvious synergy. The support is coming in and uh, looking to keep growing those relationships. Another aspect of this that I'd like to get your thoughts on, BJ, when I go to the pump, I typically will will seek out fuel that's blended with, you know, 10, 15 percent, sometimes uh, 85 percent ethanol, partly because of the price, but also I, I want to support our farmers. And I still see some labels uh, on the pump that talk about don't use ethanol blends with with small engines like for lawnmowers and for boats, things like that. It just seems like there's still some red tape out there. And, and to me, it seems like in a lot of cases, there are misconceptions. So are you concerned at all moving forward with this diesel technology, of the diesel engines anyway, that could be run on ethanol, that there's going to be red tape like that that could slow development? I mean, of course, there's going to be a, a regulatory approval process to make sure the emissions reductions are what, you know, we're stating. And, of course, that should be required. 
Um, but you know, I don't necessarily, I don't really view that as, as med red tape that we have to fight against. I mean, there are certainly engine applications out there, older engines, where if you put ethanol into them, you're going to have different compliance issues. You know, that's, I don't think a misconception, but you know, 40 years ago, we were making engines, not thinking about putting ethanol in them, and we chose materials accordingly. But going forward, as long as we're intelligent about realizing that ethanol is a big part of the liquid fuel future in this country and, and in the world, frankly, it's a very easy engineering challenge to make sure we choose materials and gaskets and tanks and fuel lines that are compatible with ethanol. So, of course, it takes some degree of infrastructure development. That development is already underway because everything that is tolerant to E85 won't have any sort of problem with what we're looking to do. Um, but, you know, it's important to educate people and, um, you know, just because Clearflame starts putting ethanol-powered trucks on the road, doesn't mean you can take your existing diesel truck and go fill up with ethanol, right? It requires a different technology. And so as long as we get that message out there, which is something I also want to work with the entire ag and corn grower and renewable fuel association community on, um, I think we can avoid a lot of the, what are perceived as misconceptions if we just make sure we, we take the effort to educate people initially, because the, the winning story is absolutely there. Well said. Uh, BJ, anything else about um, what you're doing and, and what the, the company is doing that, that we haven't discussed yet that's really important to the story? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I alluded to this a bit earlier, but I would, I would want to double down on the fact that I think it's important to remember that there are going to be a range of technologies displacing diesel in the future. You know, it's a it's a testament to the benefits of the diesel engine design that it's been able to use to be used in everything from you know small passenger cars all the way up to locomotives and boats. Um, so I, I don't think there's going to be one technology to replace it, and and even if there was, we wouldn't be able to scale that technology quickly enough. And so I think there's a narrative out there that oh there's, there's going to be one winner and we have to go all in on that winner, and I just completely reject that notion. Um, and I think one of the most important things for us to communicate uh, both Clearflame as a company and I think the entire ethanol community is that, you know, we're not trying to fight against fuel cells. We're not trying to fight against hydrogen or electric vehicles. We're trying to say we're going to need all of these things and you're still going to need as much ethanol as we can possibly make if we're serious about mitigating carbon and displacing diesel. And I think if we can just join forces, and the ultimate goal of increasing sustainability and get more of these parties working together, that's what's going to allow us to drive this change the fastest and ultimately be best for everyone. How can our listeners learn more about Clear Flame Engine Technologies? Yeah, so uh, our website is www.clearflameengines.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. We're definitely looking to get our social media followership up as we look to position ourselves more and more as, as thought leaders in this space. So we would love any feedback on what we're doing and, and we would love for people to also stay up to date on our progress. So, so thank you for that continued support. To learn more, visit mncorn.org.